Super Talk Mississippi media production. Taylor Swift is coming to New Orleans, and Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and Super Talk are giving away a free pair of tickets. For your chance to win, go register now at Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and get your name in for the final drawing from Margaritaville and Super Talk 103.1. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone. Meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way. Their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. <laughs> My guest today, I'm going to get official here. He's a country music legend, multiple award winning. He, his brothers, Larry and Steve, I'm trying to give it away, have not only rocked crowds for generations, but have also taken their success and used it as an avenue to give back and back and back. And I dig that. Please welcome country music legend. My brethren, Rudy Gatlin. Hello, Rudy. Hey, how you doing? Who is this again? I don't know who this is ever. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm Steve Azar, and you're in a Mississippi Minute. <laughs> how you doing, buddy? Oh, buddy, it's good to hear your voice. You... I, so you've got the Apple Dilemma. Well, I just got off the phone for two hours, and we finally figured it out about the past, but the last 30 seconds of our conversation. Of course, I didn't need to talk to her anymore after we found the problem, but it took us two hours. That's because, what, were you trying to, uh, you were smoozing her? What was going on? <laughs> No, I was just trying to fix my calendars. See, you know your phone has become, my phone, my phone has become basically my life. Oh, I'm with you. People say, and this is mine, I made this up. How important is your phone? I said, I would rather lose one of my kids. <laughs> I would. Yeah. If you lose your kids, they'll find you. Your phone, well, I've got find my iPhone clicked on there, so I can find it now. But boy, when you lose your phone, your life comes to an end. I've lost mine in New Orleans after a long night uh, in the cab drive. And it was, I left it in the cab, of course, right? Oh. Back in the cab days. And I, I got the guy on the phone within... 10 minutes and he wouldn't turn around and come bring it back he said oh it's not there and i said oh it's there because oh, i'm watching there. you drive around right now because i hadn't <laughs> found my iphone and so because i was on my ipad and, and he wouldn't i never got it back it was one of those not deals kidding. where no he no. got a new phone he got a new phone i did <laughs> I, I raced everything that night and of course uh you you know when when you're out without a phone now you're helpless the only time we don't want a phone is on the golf course it drives my friends crazy when I got things going and got manager, managers calling or agents or whatever's going on, right? And you can't, you can't. It, first of all, you you can't produce out there, so your partner hates you. And we're talking golf with you now because you were ranked. I don't know if you're still ranked the number one golfer of musicians in Golf Digest. Now let me let me let me just tell you when you were number one. I know I was in the top five. Uh, I was either four or five. 
and uh, you all of a sudden just sort of came flying in. Maybe they just didn't check your scores over a couple years because I remember Kenny G being there. Yeah. I remember uh, I don't think Vince was ever there. He was always two or three in Marty Rowe, yeah. and and I was like four or five back uh-huh. when I was working at it. Uh-huh. Uh, I've I've since slipped after moving back to Mississippi, and uh, I'm getting pounded by all my friends like I used to. Things oh, have well, changed. Your handicap might have gone back up to where you don't get killed as much as you used to when your handicap was like zero or one or well, two. Yeah, well, so so tell me about your game here. So well, how's it going it's, now? It's, I'm a little off my game right now, but I found a little something the other day. Wow, what a deal. So I, I could be back. I'm going to go try it out today. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your victim? Who are you going out with today? I don't know, just whoever's out there. <laughs> Did you grow up playing a lot of golf? I know you were no. a really good athlete growing up. We played football and baseball and basketball and ran track. They had football in Texas? Oh, yeah. See, I played <laughs> semi-pro ball in Odessa, Texas. Semi-pro ball, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. No, what Odessa position? Odessa High School. What? Oh, for Odessa High School. Yeah, yeah. It was not life or death. It was more important than that. <laughs> I God. love it. You know, Mississippi, you know, we, we, we pride ourselves. You know, Jerry Rice, Walter Payton, Air McNair, list goes on and on. Yeah. We, we don't have qu- quantity. We have quality. We just bring it when we bring it. We bring legends to the Brett game. Brett Favre? Of course, Brett Favre. Isn't he from there? Well, you know he is. You know it. Yeah, yeah it goes well, on and on. In fact, a... I did a record with Brett years ago, so I should have said him first. <laughs> he's going to kill me. <laughs> I can't remember boy. things anymore. He's a good man. I like Brett and all those guys. I met some of those guys you mentioned there. All right, so listen, so we're having a conversation. We are in a Mississippi Minute, and this interview has gone away from the get-go. And it's not my fault. It's Rudy Gatlin, who's my guest. Rudy, let's talk about you growing up, uh, your influence from church, uh, growing up playing. You know, what was the distance between your brothers? And were you guys working together back then or, or you know, oh, performing yeah. together? You're not going to believe this. Larry just turned 70, and Steve is 67. I turned 66 in uh, August. We've been doing this for 63 years. Wow. Do the math. That goes back to March the 8th, 1955, in Abilene, Texas. We won a little talent show, Cavalcade of Talent. You were three? I was two and a half. (laughs) Steve was four. Larry was six. (laughs) What were y'all doing? We were singing. Wow. That's what we were doing. Mom was playing piano, and, and uh, we were singing. Unbelievable. That's just what we did. God said, y'all sing, and that's, that's what we did. You grew up in this musical family, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and your dad, did he play as well? He played guitar. Mom played piano, and Dad played a little guitar, and he's picked it back up and uh, picked it a little bit. It's, it's good to see Dad playing guitar again. He hadn't done it. He didn't do it much for many years. So, well, we lost Mom last September. And, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's, thank you. Appreciate it. He's, uh, he's doing okay, but he has a lot of time on his hands now. He was taking care of Mom, and we were all taking care of Mom, both of them, but he sits around and picks his guitar, and I'm, I'm impressed. He sits there and wow. <laughs> play. Now, is he and in Nashville I, with you guys now? He is. He's close by to me, and I check in on him, and we go over there, and and Steve and I will go over there on Wednesday nights. We have a little thing on Wednesday night that I called Wednesday Night Supper and Sing-Along with Boppy and the Boys. I love it. That's fantastic. And we'll sing a country song, and then we'll sing a gospel song. <laughs> and, oh, it's put it on Facebook. It's People it's, pay a lot of money for that. <laughs> well, you never they hadn't yet, but yeah, maybe yes, they will. That's because we're giving everything away now. We've, we've become, Isn't that the truth? You know, there's a new thing called Hollerback, and it's uh, where fans have to pay a dollar ninety nine a month, 
and you give them all this information, right, rather than giving it to them for free. Now, we've got to recondition everybody to being able to do that because, I mean, it's like we're letting them in our, you know, letting everybody in. And I get that. But now that there's now that they've taken away our songwriting money, I think it's a good idea that we take something back. <laughs> yeah. Well. We'll talk after this program. Won't you call me back after this program? And I'll tell you how I really feel about the way the state of our business and what's happening. Well, to. you're going to feel the way I feel, and all my yeah. buddies. You know, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's the strangest thing. Our business, how intellectual property and the the art of writing songs and the real estate of that. Uh, my listeners, y'all got to bear with me here because I can't help it. It's like you going in yeah. and and you know and working your whole life and selling something that that's really working that people love and it's a product, right? Or selling a phone. So say you go to Bingo. the store and you buy the phone but you don't have to pay them any money. Right. So that's it. And that's where our that's what all the streaming and all that is done to us because we're not getting enough value now if we got 90 percent of all the streaming rather than 10 percent it would be it would be a beautiful thing and uh as people are driving off the roads right now going like come on guys uh we are thank you have enough money yeah thank it doesn't now, matter how oh. much money we've got it's called copyright laws and intellectual property and records that we don't own the record companies own them mm-hmm. but when those record companies sell records we get a royalty based on sales They've taken away our income stream right. from records. Now, the, thank Steve Jobs, God rest his soul, for turning that Napster thing around right. and people getting out of that mentality where they got stuff for free. Now they paid ninety nine. They started paying ninety nine cents, then they paid a buck nineteen. Right. He had gone to Warner Brothers Capital and all those record companies and said, "I'll give you seventy cents of it. I'll take the other." Right. We said, "Great, that's fine. Do downloads." Now I hear Apple's doing away with downloads. Everybody's no. going streaming. They've got their You're own streaming service. You're taking away my product that I sell. Right. Right. What? <laughs> really? You can't do? Can you do that? No. Oh. Don't do that to me. But here's what you've got. You're great live. Your brothers are great live. Been growing up doing it. I like to think that I can bring it live because that's all I did growing up. But way before hits, I was making a living right. playing live. So that is our avenue. But for just our songwriter friends, it's yeah. very difficult, man. It's when you have ten. I have friends that have ten number ones that are having to do other things. I mean, you have ten number ones. You know how hard Ooh. it is to have a number one. We both Ooh. know that because you get into that top five and it becomes a crapshoot. And so you know, it, at that point, really, it's luck of the draw. And who, what what record labels working the hardest and spending the most money? And then if you're keeping your back end of people that started playing it too early and burned it out or not, I mean you got to have it's got everything. The stars have to truly align, uh, and if they if they don't, then you don't end up with a number one party and you go home, you know, finishing number two, three, or four, and you know what that does? Nothing. You know, it gets that no party as I always call it. I'm Steve Azar. You're in the Mississippi Minute. We'll be back with legendary Rudy Gatlin. Stand by. Hey folks, if you're tired of being tired because your pillow isn't doing his job at night, give my buddy Chad and his team at OmniPillow a go. OmniPillow has a 100-day return policy, and listen to this. They will donate a pillow to someone in need every time you purchase one. Their goal is to give away 1 million pillows. It also comes with a stress cube that sells for 10 bucks. You'll thank me, I promise. Give yourself a much-deserved life's rest. Go to OmniPillow.com. Enter promo code Steve Azar. That's OmniPillow.com, promo code Steve Azar, and you'll receive 20% off with free shipping. If you ask me, there's no better pillow on the planet.
a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Houston, Houston means that I'm one day closer to you. I'm Steve Azar. You are in a bizarre Mississippi Minute, and I didn't expect anything different as my guest is country music legend Rudy Gatlin. Uh, Rudy, talk talk to me about uh, grow, going the so you go off to college. Larry's out there working at the time, right? He's making well, records. Well, let's back up a little bit. We from that early days in Abilene, we went to Odessa, and we sang in gospel in churches, and gospel was our music was our first love, and we sang as kids. We went to school. We played baseball, football, and all that stuff. We'd sing in the summers. Then Larry uh, Dottie West brought Larry to Nashville in the early seventies. We came in the early seventies and kind of cut a few things, hung out, then had to go home. I was in college. I had okay. a college deferment. I'd have gone to, if I'd have gotten drafted, I'd have proudly served our country. The Vietnam War was still going on. Wow. But since I had a college deferment, I stayed in school. The war was over in the mid-70s. We came back to Nashville, cut a few things. I worked with Tammy Wynette for a year. What My sister and her husband were here. Steve got here with us to sing with Tammy. We went in the studio, cut Broken Ladies, Song of the Year. Boom. Right. That, that here we go. So June of 76, Larry was working from the early 70s by himself and, and all that because he was here. We were in Texas. Right. And in 76, we, boom, took off. Uh, and this, my sister, our sister left us shortly thereafter. That's fine. And her husband and her went back to Texas. So the brothers really started hitting it hot and heavy from 76 on. So uh, that, and then hit records and TV and concerts and you know, taffy pulls and hog calling. Yeah, and, you know. <laughs> saw them all. <laughs> Which, our motto is Corn you dogs. pay, we play. Yeah. Okay, so you guys go and you, you start having hits. Uh, did you ever, what, what about like, uh, who was who was some of the best acts you enjoyed to be on the road with? Because I had some of my favorites. Well, we did a lot of dates with the Bellamy Brothers. We did uh, shows with Ann Murray. We did a show, some shows with... Uh, uh, Kenny Roger, well, we did the 82 Kenny tour, did 90-some-odd cities around the country. Wow. Uh, Lee Greenwood, we worked with a bunch with Lee. Uh, good Lord. Then we did a lot of package shows, you know. With right. The, remember those great package shows where there'd be four, five, six artists, Ronnie Millsap. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just any number, uh, just all a big gangsome of group of, of uh, artists and We've worked. I, I put together a, a list. I went back through. I don't know if it's going to be a book. <clears throat> it's kind of my one-man play that I'm putting together. Rudy Gatlin, dot, 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 the brother on the right. <laughs> Clever, isn't it? I've been putting all this. I've been going back through our career and my life and writing down all this stuff. And, Steve, it is a truly amazing. First of all, we have been blessed. We have been blessed beyond measure. And to, to, to know the people that we've known and the shows we've done, the folks we've sung for, and, and the TV, and all that stuff, wow. I, I just, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I'm just blown away by I never thought in a, a million years that it would come to this. I mean, we just wanted to sing. Right. When we were kids growing up. We didn't know where it was going to take us. It just, and it's taken us all over the world. It's taken us all over the known world and parts of Wisconsin. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. I love. Does this Wisconsin. go to Wisconsin? I've yes, it does, Wisconsin. and I love oh, Wisconsin. Tor- I'm sorry, I love Wisconsin. <laughs> no, I do too. I'm a but Packer. You write that stuff down, and, and you, you look back on it, and you go, "Good Lord, we've been blessed, and we've done a lot of things with a lot of folks." And uh, 
If it ended tomorrow, which I hope it doesn't, we would have had a incredible life and an, an incredible career. But hopefully, we'll keep getting to do it until we just can't do it anymore. Well, no, and that's that. That's the privilege that you guys have. You work so hard. So it's funny, you you know. I guess at some point, and I don't know if I've quite done it yet, but. When I guess when you're starting to write a book about it, or, you, or it's going to be a, a one man show, or whatever, you have to you have to reflect. And if you're reflecting, you do see the blessings. You do see yeah. you even even the tough times can feel like oh that you know that you see the reasons why they happened. And some things shouldn't have ever happened, but some things were self inflicted, and <laughs> and others weren't. But our business is wild, and we deal with yeah. some really great people, and we do and. And every once in a while, you deal with the devil. I mean, you just do. I, I tell you, but looking back, I guess looking hindsight, it's probably been very rewarding, as you're saying. And seeing the fruit that you were able to pick, the you know, that low-hanging fruit, there had to be a ton of it. And then I guess you go and you get very appreciative, right? Absolutely. It's uh, astounding to me, The like, I, like you just said, the, the places we've gone, the folks we've – with people we've met – just, we're just country bumpkins. We're just oil field trash from Odessa, Texas, <laughs> as we like to refer <laughs> oil to. Oil field trash. Yeah, you know, just oil field trash. <laughs> yeah, I like you that. You know, people make fun of oil. People make fun of West Texas, Odessa, and I say, well, it's kind of ugly on top, you know. <laughs> but there's something underneath all that ugliness that helps us buy real pretty things, <laughs> like Colorado. <laughs> like we Col- bought the whole state of Colorado. <laughs> 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 you know what? It's funny. It reminds me, man. I thought I struck it. We we had five acres in, in Franklin, and we had just moved in. And all of a sudden, I'm looking. We we really high up in the air, a steep yard, you know, and a lot of trees in the forest, basically. And I look down, and I see this. I thought was I thought we had a clampets moment. I thought you know bubbling, uh, you know. Dirt. And I'm going like, look at that. That's incredible. So I got very excited, thinking like we struck oil. Of course, it was not oil. It was the opposite of all, <laughs> and and six thousand dollars later, yeah. our septic was fixed. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're talking. Yeah, really... just gonna come bubbling up under the from the ground, just right on top of the ground. Yeah. No, not for us, not for you and me. No, no, no. It's all right. We're talking Rudy Gatlin. Uh, Rudy's in Nashville. Rudy, so when you moved to Nashville from Texas, was did you ever keep one foot in Texas, one foot in N- Nashville, or was well, it? I moved both of them back to Texas. We we stopped touring in 92, didn't do anything for a year or so. Then we went to our theater in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, for four years. That ended. That's Steve right. in Brentwood. Larry went to Austin. I moved my family to Dallas. And I, my, my wife, now my ex, is from Dallas. I have a lot of friends and family in Dallas. It seemed like a natural move. Mm-hmm. We'd been in Nashville for, I'd been in Nashville for 20 years. Let's go to Texas. So we went to Dallas. I raised my kids there. They're grown now. And I moved back to Nashville two, two and a half years ago. We just had so much stuff going on here in the last four or five years. It was just more and more and more. So I said, I'm going to get back to Nashville for a while. And we had moved mom and dad here. So I had a lot of good reasons to get back here. And I've enjoyed it. It's been great. I love this town. Uh, see a lot of old friends that I made many, many years ago. Right. And I'll be back. I'll be back in Texas. I'll move back to Texas one of these days. I don't know when that's going to be. I, I love it here, but I love Texas more. <laughs> yeah, well, no, ho- it's home. You know, so for, for me, we lived twenty, a little over twenty years in Nashville and yeah. Franklin, 
And we got this wild urge, and I, I realized I was flying to shows. I wanted to see our kids grow up, and so being in the bus was just difficult, you know, the extra days out. And I figured out how I could fly in and uh, at 15 years on that thing in a tube, you know, running down the highway. And I felt right. like I was probably losing about 75 days a year just being when you're way out and uh, and have to just drive back. And, and those overdrives and bus driver having to take a break. And I just got fed up with that part and realized I could fly. So I started flying to my shows in Nashville. So for about three or four years I, after that, I said, you know what, all I need is an airport. Mm-hmm. So uh, we moved back to the Mississippi Delta, and uh, it's been a blessing. Our kids were 15, 10, and 13. 15, 13, and 10. It, but I feel like they found themselves at home. So you talk oh, about Texas being home. Yeah. You know, you know, I couldn't wait to get back to Mississippi. It's where I le- had the backdrop to write about my songs, and and, right. and I learned how to do it. And it's been a – it's. It was a little bit of strain on the career. Your managers and agents are so far away, and you're not playing golf with them, and you're not cooking with them, and and that affected things for sure. But in the as the with what they got, they found themselves. Uh, they found uh-huh. their identity, right. and maybe at those ages you find them anyway. But uh, it. But I think my home that I grew up in, my parents' home and their parents, this Mississippi Delta has right. seeped into their souls and their being, and and they get it. And I think yeah. it. I think it molded them. It fin- it did the finishing touches and I- oh that's super so anyway I'm so- sure you and your wife did a great job and with that surrounding and that you know Mississippi is kind of like you you feel like about Mississippi the way we feel about Texas exactly the way all people hopefully feel about their home feel about their now, home we're people with- from Oklahoma oh God oh, I know well, you geez. guys compete a little heavy we're with Rudy Gatlin <laughs> hey Rudy don't tell me you're from Oklahoma no God, no I'm no 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 not even close <laughs> hey hey. Rudy, uh, so take us into the break real quick. Mississippi is the birthplace of American music. You have to agree to that. I don't care what you say. I know, I know. So it is. So take us into the break. You get to play DJ. Do you want a little Conway Twitty or a little Albert King? Ooh, boy. That's a tough one. Yeah. I like old Conroy pretty good. I know you do. <laughs> but I right. know you like Albert E. King. I love them both. I love them both. So uh, we'll uh, we'll play uh, a little Conway because I know that's dear to your heart. We're going to be right back here in the Mississippi Minute. All right. Well, you're the reason I've changed the beer from soda pop. And you're the reason I never get to go to the beauty shop. You're the reason our kids are ugly, little darling. Other looks ain't everything, and money ain't everything. But I love you just the same. Hey folks, in the market for new pillows? I'd like to tell you about who I believe strongly is the best pillow manufacturer made right here in the USA, my friends at Beds by Design and their amazing Omni Pillow. The Omni Pillow is made with a copper-infused fabric, and they use high-quality fabric. The copper has been known to be antifungal, antibacterial, and good for the skin. OmniPilla has a 100-day return policy. And listen to this. They'll donate a pillow to someone in need every time you purchase one. Their goal? To give away 1 million pillows. It also comes with a stress cube that sells for 10 bucks. Give yourself a much-deserved life's rest. Go to OmniPillow.com. That's OmniPillow.com. Enter promo code Steve Azar and receive 20% off with free shipping. You won't regret it. Thanks, guys. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. 
I'm Steve Azar. I'm having the best time today. I'm in a Mississippi minute, and so are you with Rudy Gatlin, country music legend. Legend, I say. Oh. You are. I don't Rudy. know about that. Yeah, you are. Rudy, let's talk about this for a second. Uh, and, and you're living, and you're still alive, which is wonderful. <laughs> so, Amazing. <laughs> hey, let's talk about you guys and you and your charity arms. The one thing that I love about you guys I've seen you out on the road uh, doing a lot of free stuff for charity and coming out and supporting things. It's limitless with you. Growing up, was it something that your parents instilled in you? Well, it didn't come on really till later on. I mean, our parents instilled in us the love for our Heavenly Father, you know, for God and respect for them, respect for others, our teachers, our coaches, uh, love for the country, safety when you would go hunting, all the good stuff you want to teach your kids. They taught us those things. Uh, to give when you could, and there, I guess there was more of that going on in our little hometown of Odessa than we realized, but it wasn't until we got out touring and singing and cutting hit records and going, being invited to charity events that we found out that, whoa, there's a whole other world out here of things like this, and we need to be a part of it, and we played golf. And we thought we got invited to some golf tournaments. Daryl Royal had a tournament in Houston, Mm -hmm. Daryl and Willie. Charlie Pride had one in Albuquerque. Roy Clark had one in Tulsa. And all of a sudden, we were asked to host a tournament in Dallas for muscular dystrophy. We went, oh, absolutely. And for 20 years, we really started, and it started in 1979, the five-man Florida Scramble Charity Corporate Golf Tournament. Wow. And we had a big show, a couple of big shows. We played golf for a couple of days. And it's kind of the template for the five-man Florida scrambled tournaments that they have throughout the country. Since then, we've played in, in numerous, you know, numerous events. Love all the charities that we, you know, they're near and dear to our hearts. Uh, they've become that way because we've met a lot of great people that You're right. help in this charity work. And if somebody will pay money to play golf with me, good Lord. <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, give me a couple thousand bucks, or whatever they'll pay to, and I'll give it to the, or it just goes to the charity, and I'll show up and play and feed yeah. and water me a little bit and get me there and just play golf and have a big time. And for, you know, for those kids or whatever, oh, what a deal. They feed and water. They feed and water. Yeah, no, it is, and they feed and water some of us more than others, especially (laughs) water us. It's funny we're talking to Rudy Gatlin. I love that, and and we have our charity event. I know I've been inviting you, and I know that you keep going, Steve. Why would you have your and your charity event on the weekend of CMA Music Fest? (laughs) Uh, So I end up pulling more rock legends and and uh, blues legends and pop pop stars and, and obviously athletes left and right mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and so i hadn't been able to have you i guess we're gonna have to ask the cma music fest to move their date well i'll, I'll get right on that i'll call <laughs> yeah. them right now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you keep asking me because one of these days we you know like i said since we since i moved <laughs> back here a couple of years ago we've been doing a lot more stuff in town and we still do dates on the road but we're, we're doing the opries we do our uh, classic rhyming show on thursdays we're doing just whatever we can, and that is involved during CMA Fest. If they want us to do something, which yeah. you know, we're all and do the autograph thing and the different stages and this and that and the other, so it's a busy. But you keep asking me because one of these days nobody will ask us to do CMA Fest, and I can come to your tournament. Yeah, no, I guess. we'd love you. It'd be a blessing. You know what the the thing is? So you you know the fans that come are amazing, and I, and I'll never and I, you're so appreciative. It's the one time when they get to come to us. 
uh-huh. and and you see these faces. So when I'm out there, I, I've gotten to know. You know, our names are hard. Now some names aren't because they the ones that really follow you, you get to know them, and and it's it's a beautiful thing. But but then you see faces in towns, and when and when when they would come to Nashville, I'd go, I know them, but you know, I don't know them, but uh-huh. I've seen them, I've hugged them, I've I've signed autographs, I've shaken their hands, and it's always really surreal in a way. I'd, I'd go back to my own bed, and it was just a weird thing to to you know to not be on the road and get back on the bus or get in a hotel room, right. and and you see all of these people from all over congregate and come mm-hmm. together for this love of this music, and it's an amazing thing to me. I mean, does it ever mm-hmm. like put you in awe that you just lo- you said it? You love to sing, you love to write songs, you love to play and mm-hmm. perform. I mean, do you ever go? That's an amazing thing. It's a, every so often someone will a letter will come in or a card or we'll hear a comment about what the music meant to someone, and it might be an obscure song off an album, right? Not a hit record or hit song or something. It might be, and we go, "Wow, we haven't sung that in twenty or twenty five years." But they go, "Man, that song really touched me." I'm going, Whew, "We we have been so blessed to be able to do this." You talk about your football player. You ask them. They would still be playing if they could. Oh, yeah. But their bodies won't allow them to because they just... Now, physically, yes, we wear out, and our Larry's had four, count them, four throat surgeries. Yeah, I've, I've had, had one. Had two. Right. So the body... You've, the had, you've had two, I'm sorry, Rudy? Yeah, I had two, Dr. Yeah. Ossoff. Dr. I had Robert Dr. Ossoff. Mitchell, who worked with Dr. Ossoff, so we've all, been, we've all had the same knives on it. Yeah, yeah, you know what? We shared knives. That's amazing. <laughs> Amazing. He fixed. I love surgeons. Yeah. They fix broken stuff. I like good surgeons or great yes. surgeons. I don't like bad ones. So far, the 12 surgeries that I've had, <laughs> that's right, 12, wow. I have no original body parts. <laughs> Steve Austin. <laughs> See, I used to fall down a lot when I was drunk, and then I sobered up and I went, you know, that kind of hurts. I better have that looked at. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. Sur- 12 surgeries later, I've got most everything repaired but uh we can continue to sing if i i get up every morning go if i can do that i'm in good shape yeah you guys have high voices it's amazing how high y'all can get and sound great get you You, some of that well no it's tough so let's talk about let's talk about here we go we're in g as a all the golden california how about that that's that third above that lead right that's just that's the guy on the right on the stage yeah. stage and right then, and then we go to a bum all the golden california that's my part get you some of that right now no, that's crazy Grab I'm, you I'm some a, of that I'm, I'm gonna go down low i'm more when you're <laughs> well, young you think you know it all you do steve sings the low harmony and plays bass and we pay him to do that <laughs> I'm screaming my guts out yeah. a third above Larry. And th- I don't get extra pay. Yeah, because you're tearing things up in your body that is happening. And I pay another guy to do that for me. His name is Jason, and he plays percussion and harmonicas. He's my little, he calls himself his little, my little circus monkey. And he's <laughs> off to the left. He can do it all. So that's my guy right there. Jason Young, man. That's he's funny. the man. He's the man. So let's talk about competitiveness musically so back in the day when you had your friends and you were on stage and all that you, you bring your athletic prowess right to the stage i mean i that i've always done that and even your friends would sort of look at you with that look and like okay oh i'm gonna blow you off the stage did you ever feel did you ever have some competitive 
uh, acts that you go, okay, I know I'm playing with them, and they're going to try to bring it, but I'm going to take them out? Well, we're good friends. <laughs> we're good friends with all those guys, Oak Ridge Boys, Alabama, uh, you know, uh, the Statler brothers right before us, and Charlie Daniels, and so, as far as groups. Then and then Lee Greenwoods, the Ricky Skaggs, and the people coming along about the time we did. We were all competitive. It was a nice kind of competitive. We're in the record business. We all wanted to sell our records. We wanted people to buy our records. You know, buy some of theirs, but buy a whole bunch of ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're competitive in that way. And I think we would go on stage, as you have, whether we were the only act on the face of the earth, or there, you know, millions like right. there are. You go on st- when you go on stage, you bring it, right? Exactly. When you step on that field, that football field, baseball field, basketball court, you bring it. You don't go up there rolling your hat brim. You know what I mean? Right. Like, boss, sure hope y'all like us. No, right. you go out there and you go, yeah, and you do it if you can. If you can't, ooh, well, whatever. But we would. You got to. Ha- some people called it cockiness. Well. There's a term called cocksureness, cocksure. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're 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 confident that you can go out there and put it on the top shelf. And right. we've always felt like we can't do much, but God has given us enough ability to go out there and sing and entertain, and we enjoy it. And it's going to be pretty good. And when it's not very good, we'll stop. I'm Steve Azar. You're in the Mississippi Minute. We'll be back with legendary Rudy Gatlin. Stand by. Yeah, down here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes good things with rebecca turner every afternoon rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home daily exposure to good things with rebecca turner may cause smiling feelings of positivity happiness and even laughter when you experience these symptoms tell your friends to listen okay weekdays starting at 2 p.m here on super talk mississippi and now on amazon alexa devices Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Houston, Houston means that I'm one day closer to you. I'm Steve Azar. I'm having the best time today. I'm in a Mississippi Minute, and so are you with Rudy Gatlin, country music legend. Uh, let's talk about all the Golden California. Let's talk about Houston. I love Houston. So, Oh, really? It's one of my favorite songs you got. I mean, obviously, as a fan, and, and, and it's a radio song, I know that. But, hey, it's commercial, baby, and you got it. That's what gets you out there. So talk to me about um, talk to me about that song. Talk to me about Houston. Well, it was really a ballad, and it was, right, it was about the Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Larry was writing this thing. Cheyenne means I'm one day closer to you. All that, you know. Right. He says he's getting in touch with his inner Paul Simon. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve, That's scary. Steve said, hey, we're going to the Houston Rodeo next week. Why don't you change that to a good old boot scooting two-step and, you know, and so, well, Houston, yeah, that's, how it, that's how that became Houston instead of, Cheyenne means I'm one day close to you, <laughs> which, really, which 
really stinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay, so that's sort of what, and then y'all, did you debut it there? I think we did, and they still play it at the rodeo. In, in fact, we went back with Brad Paisley a couple of years ago. Brad had us come in, and and uh, he started, did three or four songs in his set, and then introduced uh, the boys. Larry, Steve didn't make it, but Larry and I went up there, and we did Houston, and they still, well, the crowd went wild, and they still play that. Yeah, because I've done that rodeo a, a couple bit. times, and I know they do. That's they amazing. They play that thing, you know, so. Well, I mean, it, it makes total sense, and that rodeo is a big deal, man. Oh, it's pretty cool. Pretty huge. cool. Yeah. We're talking Larry to Rudy went to school at the University of Houston also. Who did? Larry did. I don't know if you knew that or not. Oh, I love that. He's a cougar. So we have Houston ties there, so it's, uh, you know, we love doing it. You know, Houston was the city that uh, my record, my first hit, my first one got to number two. And it was living between Alan Jackson's drive and George Strait's run. And it sat there for weeks because the only market in the country that wasn't playing it was Houston. And now they play the heck out of it. And let me tell you why. So this is what we learned. I wanted to go visit those guys. And they told me, my record label guys told me, Steve, you can't go there. They don't like the record. And I said, well, maybe they'll like me. You know, I I I can't work this hard and not... Let me go. And they said, no. So I decided when it was all over, we got stuck at number two for a couple, two or three weeks. We didn't get to have the party, right? And which was fine. I was moving on. And my next song was Waiting on Joe. And I had Morgan Freeman in the video. And so I I went back home here in the Delta and, and got my friends and, and really, really did an honest job of why I wrote the song and all that. And and so we, I decide we're going to go to Houston. So my brother and my sidekick, Jason, we go to Houston without the label knowing. And we go in there, and the guy, uh, they ended up being the first station in the country to add Waiting on Joe two weeks early. And they, and they didn't apologize, but what happened was Shania, the label had promised a Shania show, and she didn't do it. And they were mad at the label, and that's the rest of the story. And I, I learned a whole lot about the business right then. <laughs> right then and there. And, and now, of course, they play the heck out of the record, and it became a big recurrent. And I'm going like, uh, in fact, BMI just sent me my three million airplay award. It's actually at three point six million plays. That's a lot already. That's a lot of radio play for a a number two record. Uh, it's funny we're talking to Rudy Gatlin. So Rudy, who? So let's talk about golf one more time before I leave you. Who you're playing today and how much money you're going to win. Well, I'll tell you what, who I want to play is Marty Rowe. Of course you do. He was out at Nashville Golf the other day, and I missed him because he was on the backside, and I just started, so I missed him. But we've been trying to get together and play golf. And so I told the guys there, the bag guys there, I said, you tell Marty when he shows up here to put his bag in his car, I want some of him. Yeah, he's, he lives just off in the corner over there, one of the, off the ho, off the golf hole, one of the golf holes. I want some of him. Yeah, yeah, we, that'd be a good match. I'd like to be, you know, I'd like to be around for that. Uh, there was a time when I would want to be competing with you guys, and maybe my idiotic side right now would go take you guys head up and obviously that'd probably not work out but you know the competitive side but yeah i, I love playing marty's a great guy great player well, diamond rio great band if you got together with us and, and somebody else we would not be able to play very serious golf from laughing so much no you're right because we get together and we start telling stories and jokes and and it's a it's a joke-a-thon laugh-a-thon we're oh we're playing some golf too but yeah 
Oh, we have more fun. I love it. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time, and I'm not oh. going to mess your day up any longer. You, you've been a wonderful friend and a great interview and uh blessings to you and uh i appreciate everything that you stand for and and i mean that that's my that's gonna be my soft side coming out well i appreciate that pal it's been my pleasure i love you and i can't wait to get to mississippi and if you get back to nashville you call me i will do it brother go play some golf you got it all right blessings love you brother love you too baby i'm steve azar in a mississippi minute all 60 of them where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.